guys, welcome to Yield Deep Dive. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff Starr. We have Nate Doves and Kirstie Omoto with us. So glad you guys are here. So glad you're listening. Uh, we've been talking about family for the last few weeks, and we uh, are going to dive into one more. This is a month with five weeks in it, so we're going to jump into one more about family. This is an awesome study. Nate has put a lot of time into this, so thanks, Nate. And we're going we're gonna to dive into this. So, Kirstie, why don't you start us off with, with prayer? Let's do it. Love you, Lord, we thank you that we get to do this, to be able to study your word a little deeper. And uh, we want you to guide us. We want your wisdom through your Holy Spirit to help us understand accordingly and apply it accordingly. And then, you know, sometimes when we have these conversations about these topics, they're not the most popular. And, and maybe sometimes we tune it out after we don't agree with a particular point. But Lord, just help us to be open. Help us to be receptive to what you're telling us. And at the end of the day, we want to reflect you and again, be atypical for your honor and your glory. So we love you, Lord. Uh, continue to be with us in your name. Amen. Amen. So one of the most frustrating times with my parents in my life was probably age 17. So we are when we're talking to young people age, you know, 13 through 18. So you're right in that there's a lot of change going on, a lot of maturity, hopefully going on. I don't know if I had that till I was 17 or 18. Uh, but but we're talking about sometimes that can be really, really difficult. And so, Nate, we've talked earlier about four things that people can do or teenagers can do and help. Um, so let's let's dive into those. So start sure. start us with uh, with with number one. What's what can we do? Sure. Yeah. We and we appreciate the feedback we've gotten from several of our students. We we did a poll and that asked what topics would you guys like to talk about. Several of you guys wanted to talk about how how do you handle uh, parents when there's disagreements. So, in full disclosure, before we begin. Um, because each situation with our parents is so different, uh, different personalities, different backgrounds, uh, different faith beliefs, um, the best approach is to talk with, with a trusted uh, biblical mentor. And so right from the beginning, we want to say, if you guys are struggling with how to, how to relate to parents or anyone else in your life, uh, we'd love to talk with you uh, to be able to talk more on one and give one-on-one -on -one advice that may apply even, even better. And so um, this, this situation, which I'm going to lay out here right now, um, makes the most sense for for families that are that are Christian households. Doesn't mean perfect households, but it's it's families where uh, both students and parents are wanting wanting to follow Christ, maybe struggling to do it, but wanting to at least. And so we want to we want to share that's who we're we're intending with this particular lesson. Now I will say this: if you happen to come from a family where your parents or the people you live with aren't Christian, you can still really benefit from this lesson because really the principles that we're going to talk about here are first and foremost about just how to relate to other Christians in general. And then we realize that if our parents are also Christians, then they fall into that category and help us to know how we can, can respond to Christians. So even if your main caretakers are not um, Christian, but you are, this is still something you can get a lot out of. Um, finally, we wanna say we always have to. Um, if the disagreements that you're experiencing within your home um, are things that are, that are dangerous or hurtful to you, again, we wanna encourage you to to, to get help with that. Any of us are available to, to help you. We want to make sure that you're able to um, get the support that you need. And so, um, hey, that said, let's dive in here. How can we, how can we deal with, with disagreements that we have with our parents? And so we're going to take a biblical approach. We're going to dive into this. And so um, real quick, go ahead, so, Kirstie, so, I, see, so, I see you there. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to jump on this because I grew up in a situation where my parents were like, hey, one of the commandments says, honor your father and your sure. mother, right? And then after that, they're like, hey, you get a promise with this one, you know, so your days may be long on this earth, right, kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, man, I want my days to be long. 
I guess I want to honor them. But then when we reach this teenage years, when, we, when we're starting to grow into our own, if you will, and we were like, okay, we're becoming adults now, we struggle with that whole concept of honoring, right? So, so I think we're going to address these in the points, Nate. So I just kind of wanted to tee it up for you to be Thank like, you. hey, you know, this is where we're, we're coming from. Mm -hmm. It is biblical. We are trying to say, hey, we want you to honor your parents, but what does that look like as we get older? Thanks so much for setting that up for this conversation. And it's important to share that one of the things I was realizing as I was studying this is like, oh man, I've thought before, like it really stinks to be a teen sometimes. Like why is this huge burden on, on them to honor their parents? And then the reality is, is looking at the Bible for this, it's really, as we all Christians of all ages are, cause, are called uh, to, to be respectful in how we disagree mm -hmm. with people, whether it's our parents or whether we're parents with children or just uh, fellow church members or what have you, or friends. So really this isn't something that's limited to, it's not the plight of only teens. This is something that all of us can learn from. Let's dive in here though. Step number one, what do you do when you're disagreeing with someone? I'm gonna do it, teach it from the perspective of what to do with a parent, but remember this really applies to any believer. So step number one is, first of all, we need to learn to distinguish uh, between things the Bible clearly commands and matters of freedom. So things that are clearly stated in the Bible and things that aren't. Again, we're taking this from a Christian perspective. If there's something that you're bringing in front of your parents that, that's an argument, I really encourage you guys to step back and ask, is the thing that I'm wanting to do or not wanting to do, is this clearly defined in scripture? And I just wonder for you guys, can you think of any examples of what those might look like? I think, it, well, I mean, I think if you're trying to do something that is, um, outside of what the Bible talks as, 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 as healthy. Um, but again, I, as you were talking, I, I kind of have a question, so I'm not, I don't know if I'm answering this, but like what happens when you and I, if you and I differ on what we believe is commands of scripture, that, <laughs> like that, the parents could think one thing and the child could think this, not a command in scripture. We'll, <laughs> we'll, cover, that, thing. Yeah. we'll cover that in points three and four. That's where we're headed. That's <laughs> right. a big well, one. I got, Thank I got you an for answer for your first question though. Let's hear it. <laughs> Here we go. So what happens if I want to stay out later than my curfew, yeah. Yeah. right? The Bible doesn't say anything about curfew. Sure. So what, you know, how do we handle that? So that's really important. So the step one is to, to realize like, okay, as, as, as a Christian, someone who's wanting to follow God and be more like Christ, we pause and say like, okay, let's say I want to stand at, stay out or I want a longer later curfew. If we could say it that way. Uh, it's not an, it's not biblical. Like a, the concept of a curfew typically is not something that's going to be directly stated in the Bible. Like curcio must be back <laughs> thou with within it at, at 10 you know 10 like my parents had me right by, like. by fourth by fourth watch or whatever you're not going to turn to a page in scripture and find that specific thing right. and yet frankly like some stuff that we go to um is pretty clearly commanded against in in scripture like i remember um i don't think i asked my parents about this but i know um i had maybe not the most <laughs> um the the best high school years and made some mistakes. I can remember some of the things that I wanted to do are like clearly spoken of against scripture. One, one thing that I had an issue with when I was a freshman is um, some friends and I um, thought it was funny to go steal stuff sometimes. And like, to, if I were to go to my parents and say like, hey, I want to go out and steal. be with my friends and yet knowing in my heart what, what my, my um, attempt is going to be, like clearly, that's, that is clearly spoken against. Like it may not say the exact store or the exact situation, but the, but the, the intent of what I was going to be doing is clearly said, thou shall not steal. It's there. So right mm -hmm. then and there, if there's a disagreement where I'm wanting to go out, I, I know what kind of my intent is or most likely what will end up happening when, with, when with my friends. My parents are arguing about it with me. Right there, I should stop and realize like, look, the intent of what this is going to be going down 
I need to stop right here. My parents mm -hmm. are right. They may not even know why they're right, but they're, <laughs> but they're right. But Go the ahead. other thing, I, well, sometimes as you're, you're being convicted of that or know that, um, I think we just need to remember to stop and think, like you were just saying, like if we stop and think, like some that your parents, in most cases, in a general term, have your best interest at heart. Like absolutely, most cases, I know there's play, there's situations that aren't, but if you realize that and say, wait a minute, I need to stop and respond because, and you guys know this, in an argument, the devil throws in the best comebacks, like the best things to say, like, ooh, that would be perfect. And like, I think when, you're, when your parents are trying to get you to come home or not go out with those friends because of a past experience or whatever, the devil's going to throw some pretty good arguments at you, like mm -hmm. to give to them. <laughs> and like, if we stop and think and say, you know what, what does the Bible say? Or what is the command of, in scripture? I think we're going to, we may even answer our own question, we may answer our own frustration. Thanks so much for that perspective. Yeah, I also hold that perspective. And I think all of us do. The, your parents are really going to be your biggest supporters. And every once in a while, they may not be perfect. Curcio, go ahead. Yeah, I want to chime, you know, guys, we just, yes, all three of us are parents. Okay, and you're probably listening and saying, these guys are probably parents, and they're trying to set their kids up for <laughs> to be obedient to them. No, listen, we really want to take a biblical approach to this. And we're trying our best to do that. Because at the end of the day, our Heavenly Father is the one who matters most, right? And all of us as parents, and I'm sure that both Nate and Jeff would agree, you know, we make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're still developing our relationship. Our journey with God is still ongoing, right? So the idea is, guys, don't think we're already siding with the parents. We do want to give them the benefit of the doubt that they have your best interest at heart, right? But if this is not your situation and you're in a dangerous situation, we mentioned this yeah. before, we can't say this enough. Pray for them and honor them in the sense of honoring yourself and get into a safe place. Mm -hmm. Talk to somebody who can help you, okay? And we want to just give you that out again. I know that I'm taking it off the rails. I'm sorry, guys, but I just <laughs> want to make sure that people understand we're talking about in, in a circumstance where you're safe, right? We want you to apply this. If you're not in a safe place, then you have to go on a whole different route and start with seeking help. Go ahead. Well, yeah, thank, thanks for sharing that. I was gonna say another, another frustration I had when I was a kid, when I thought like I wanted to go out with my friends and I realized that some of either my past decisions or my siblings past decisions and that can be really frustrating when you have an older sibling that's done things before and you're like now it's my turn I want to try to and and so past decisions by yourself are bad. so you and you may not know all the reasons mm -hmm. and you, right now and, and that's really hard to do you have to say am I okay with not knowing the whole thing the, the big picture and sometimes we we will sometimes we will know the whole picture Right. Yeah. It's, it's humbling to know sometimes like, you know, as our parents are trying to help guide us in life, they're going to, they're going to be looking at our past decisions. I mean, that's how it goes to see how much they, you know, that we've grown in the ability to be trusted. And so the first thing is, yeah, to, to, to stop and think like, is this thing that we're maybe arguing about? Um, it, is, is this clearly spoken of a scripture? Like in, in example I gave, it kind of was. And so that should stop right there. And I should thank my parents, thank the Holy spirit for impressing my heart. Hopefully, um, uh, get, get on a better track there. Um, for Curcios, uh, Pastor Curcio was sharing like the idea of, of wanting to have a later curfew. That's not necessarily in scripture. So that's fine. That kind of moves to step number two then. And step number two is to realize um, that we need to uh, figure out um, and own a biblically informed opinion on debatable issues. So let's take the idea of a curfew, wanting a later curfew. It's not straight up spoken of in scripture real clearly. 
but obviously there's scriptural principles that are that come into play and we would all recognize that and so it becomes important then at that point to really understand okay i want a later curfew what are the reasons for it what are my motivations and where does that intersect with what the bible has to say about that so just wondering off the top of your heads kind of putting you guys at the spot but like what perhaps are some scriptures uh some some passages from scripture that could come in and may flavor and convict us about what an appropriate response is for wanting a later curfew. Ooh, on the yeah. spot is right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> later curfew. Yikes. Um, well, here's, here's one. <laughs> I, I'm just swinging, swinging for the fences here. Right. So <laughs> here's the idea. Uh, there's a text in the Bible that says that you can have a friend that is closer than a brother. Right. Well, mm -hmm. part of building that friendship is hanging out with my friends. So the longer I spend with them, the greater my relationship or brotherhood can be. Right. So that's one I would use. I think yeah. I think also if I could, I would use scripture that like whatever things are. If Number one, if I'm being honest with my parents, I was thinking as you were talking earlier, how many times did I lie to my parents? And like mm -hmm. you're talking about things that are mm -hmm. like right there. Even if I was going to do something that wasn't necessarily a sin, I was sinning before I even left, <laughs> like, like, they're like, what are you going to go do? We're going to the park. We go see movies, you know, whatever. Yeah. So I would, I would lie constantly. And so like right there, I would, I should, you know, be honest. Number one, uh, number two, if I am truly going to do things like that are a good report that are positive, that are, you know, not that we all have to sit around every single time and have a Bible study if we're going to stay out late, but I'm thinking if they're like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Like you just talked about friends and, and getting to know people uh, certain things and, and maybe special occasions. Like I remember I had a earlier curfew, but certain times I could make the case and have a later curfew. Um, so I think there's, there is times if you're being honest, number one, and if you're up to good things and you have a plan, I think sometimes you've heard it. I heard it as a kid all the time and I hated it as a kid. And I say it now as a parent and I hate it that <laughs> I say it like idle hands or the devil's playground. I don't know if you've ever sure. heard that. Like, I don't really say it to my kids, but I've said it before a lot some, uh, and, and how when you have no plan, things can go bad pretty quick. Like when you're just like, we're just gonna go do, I don't know. So I think having a plan uh, can help with your later curfew if you can be honest about it. And, and even if it's a plan to, to watch a movie, that's a plan, you know, yeah. uh, to, to play a game is a plan, yeah. So, yeah. so Nate, help, help me out with this whole idea though of cultivating my own biblical conviction when it comes to this, because I'm curious to see where you're going to take me there. Well, you guys are doing a great job with it. It's a case by case situation. And that's what I appreciate you guys doing. It's not just you guys aren't taking it and realizing like to make a blanket rule, like you shouldn't go past 11 o'clock, let's say at night, that's your curfew. But what you guys are saying is like, well, wait a second. Like, what if I'm trying to do something that's, that's fulfilling part of, of God's calling for my life as a Christian, like meeting together with brothers and sisters in Christ, or perhaps mm -hmm. I know, I know several of you guys are involved with service projects or have done mission projects and stuff. We're going to have to stay later to work on something or whatever. Um, there, there are legitimate reasons that you guys might have where you're wanting to do really good things. Now, a parent can still use their wisdom for other things and, and say, no, that's still not wise for you. But again, you're taking it on a case-by-case -case basis. So let's say that, that one of the things that you want to do is just hang out with your friends. Like, again, a, a case can be made for that being good, um, but you want to understand, like, 
why are you wanting to do this? And what is it? And it's, it's honestly thinking about this is really training ourselves. And I know it sounds intense because most of us don't often put that much thought into what we're doing, but it's really calling into question, like what our motives are and what we're trying to accomplish. And so, exactly. you know, you think about like, I just think about a lot of the times I went out to hang out with friends late at night. And I think of the, the Bible text, um, you know, the Proverbs that goes something along the lines of like, don't hang out with fools. And like, it's just like, man, I could be a fool. Like I was that person. It's not saying my friends were, my friends were way cooler than I was. Like I was the fool. Like, so, so like, I just feel like some of these things can come in, come into play. And we, we really want to think about like, Hey, who am I going to be hanging out with and, and just using intelligence and wisdom and realizing like, okay, number one, the two questions we want to ask during this step two is number one is what I'm doing. Is it moral? Like basically meaning like, okay, it may not specifically say it, but like, let's say, um, you know, that our friends are going out. This is a classic example, you know, one, one that I've experienced probably you guys too. Like, let's say you, we know our friends are going to go out and they're, they're going to smoke pot. And so one of the things is like the, the Bible doesn't say thou shall not smoke pot. It's, it's not in there. And yet we can realize like based off of kind of our cultural norms and the concept of piecing together all, all other pieces of scripture, your body is a temple of the Holy spirit that we should always uh, be vigilant and keep a clear mind, like these types of things. And then just realizing that we might realize, and this is a personal conviction thing. It's, it's one that I would certainly say that you're, you might arrive at a personal conviction, like, man, this isn't moral. Like this isn't something I should be doing. Or even if you feel like there is room for morality and something like that, the next question that you need to ask is, first of all, is it moral? Number two, is it wise? So whether it's a moral issue or a non-moral issue, uh, so to speak, it just may not be wise. So even, mm-hmm. even if you, for example, um, just to kind of play, um, the advocate on the other side of the issue. Let's say that you you didn't have an issue with with marijuana, for example. Well, the whether you feel like it's a moral issue or not, like if you're underage, like it's not wise. Like yeah. it's just not a wise decision. And so that that can go into much more simple things. Like there's a lot of fun that I had that was not wise in my, in my teen years, and um, I I suffered from it like in, in many different ways. I, really, so I think that's really important. I, just, I really like what you're saying about talking and talking maybe before the night, before the day you want to stay out late or talking about things before and, and having and realizing that, and again, this is most cases that, and I think, I mean, God gave us a family, like, like there are, sin has impacted the family. So there's hor- horrific instances. And, and again, this is in general sense that your parents are on your side, even if it may not seem like it. Like in, in general, sir, in general terms, God. So if you look at it as a teamwork thing, like, Hey, let's decide this together. And it may not be when you're 13, you may not get a midnight curfew. Like it's not going to be the way you want it every time. Uh, but I think as you continue to talk and not the day of, like I used to do that, like tonight I'm doing this. No, like, but if I went on a different way next week, you could do this. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think I really appreciate you sharing that. And like, what I'd recommend is, and I know this, it, it may not sound comfortable at first, but if you actually, if you have like a Christian family or even a non-Christian family that's, you know, wanting to make wise decisions, which, which so many are, um, you can go through this process with your parents and just say like, okay, look, it's clearly not in the Bible because a lot of the things may not be. Um, and so you can get to the step number two and just say like, hey, I'm going to study this out and I'd love the permission to share like what I feel convicted of. And if, if you, there's still a disagreement with what you feel convicted of, like, I feel like I should have a later curfew. I'm going to be doing good things, but your parents are saying no, like it can be a really cool uh, experience to humbly ask mm-hmm. your parents. Can you share Like, I'd love to share why I feel like I have the freedom to do this. I don't feel like it's a moral issue. I don't feel like it's unwise. 
I would love to hear like, do you feel like it's not moral? Do you feel like it's unwise? And then just listen and just hear what they're saying. Cause at least you know where they're coming from then. Now, 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 now here's the thing, Nate. All right. So, so here's the circumstance. I want to stay out later. I already found out it's, it's, it's not an issue that's clearly spoken about in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Yep. So if it did, I'd follow its advice, but it, since it isn't, I don't, you know, okay, I'll go to step two. All right. So now I take the time to actually consider the Bible's principles. All right. And what it says to guide my decision is it moral? Is it wise? All right, cool. But we still don't agree. Yep, we don't, we, we don't get to that. So, so yeah, what do we, three. what do I do now? Here, we're moving on to step three. So this is where, this is really important. And this is where, if you guys can learn how to do this, um, it's going to benefit the world, it, not just your families, um, but it'll benefit the world and especially the church. And that's learning how to disagree. Um, so the reality is, is that we need to allow, and the Bible presents the picture. <laughs> we're coming through, we're, we're, the Bible presents the, the idea um, that we're not always going to arrive at the same conclusions on different things. And we see this happening um, some people live, live within the mindset that there's, always, there's only one way to respond all the time. And that's just not the, respond, that's not the picture the Bible paints. God does ask very specific things of us. And when he does that, we, we would do well to do those things and or also not do those be, things. I would encourage you guys to be patient with your parents. Like, number one, um, w- we change slower than you do. So, like, if we have – and we're learning, too. Like, I'm, I'm learning, like, okay – my son is now 14. So he's starting in this, uh, in this path, you know, and, and I'm learning that when he states the case and we have a, a discussion, like it may take me another week to get in agreement with him. You know what I'm saying? I may, I may be like, no, cause he's still, he's still that kid to me. So I think have patience with your parents and continue to talk about it. Like it's not a, for me, it's not a, I've said, I've said no. So I'm never going to say yes for the, for the next eight years. You never get, you know, sometimes, I mean, he's never going out drinking when he's living in my house that I know about, you know, those things, there are some, but that's goes back to one and two, you know? So I think if you be patient, I think it it can go a long way. And it's hard to be patient as a kid. Go ahead, Kirsty. Okay. So let me use this analogy then we're tankers and our kids are speedboats. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Like they'll, they'll quickly adjust yes. and change and we're kind of like, you know, kind of thing. All right. I get that. So, so what if I run into a situation though, where it's like my way or the highway kind of mm-hmm. parenting approach, right? Are you talking about my dad? No. no. What? Yours? <laughs> yours? He must be cousins with mine. <laughs> I think so. I, I think that that's always going to be really frustrating. And this is asking for great maturity on your on on your part as 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 a child Mm -hmm. um and frankly my way or the highway parenting doesn't stop once you stop being a teen you just get out of the house and you still ideally want to have a relationship with that parent Uh, i what i'd really encourage you guys to realize is that in almost all situations um your parents love you um even in situations where um you feel like it's maybe a toxic relationship or it's at least really frustrating like there's hard-headedness so often, um, I really believe uh, parents really love their kids. There's just there's things happening in their past or maybe even in their present that are that are maybe blurring that, um, and it's not coming across as love, and, and probably for for good reasons at times. But what I would say is like if you have a hard-headed parent who a my way or the highway parent, there's probably reasons. It was either probably a modeled to them that way, so that's the only type of parenting that they know. Um, B, there might be really good reasons like either. Um, your parent themselves made lots of mistakes that they want you to avoid 
And so they're trying to be protective and they're kind of driven by fear perhaps. Um, or perhaps you have um, an older sibling or someone uh, that your parent is close to that they've seen make lots of mistakes and that has not handled freedom well. And so a lot of times it's fear driving a my way or the highway parent where they're where they just don't know how, how to work with someone who's trying to make conscious, well thought out decisions. And so I, I think it's, it's important to, to realize that your parents are human. And so often I believe they have good intentions. Um, and, and, and sometimes they're like, like uh, Pastor Jeff was saying, they're, they're growing too. Yeah. Yep. Pastor Curcio. Yeah. And you know, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I knew it, it took me a while to, to really grapple my head around it, but my dad, you know, he did love me. And mm-hmm. in his own way, and as I learn and I get older, I, I started to understand the dynamics of home and what he grew up in and all of that and how that impacted his parenting. But uh, I believe that it does take a level of maturity and even a connection to God that, that can help us honor our parents' conviction, even if we don't agree with it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we're trying to say. Even if at the end of doing step one and step two, you're still on, in, in disagreement, it's okay and and it's okay because we're going to honor that conviction that they have just because it's what god is asking us to do right we, yeah go ahead. so 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 in order to, to be able to, to to accomplish it we have to walk with god i mean we're not gonna be able to do this on our own like it's just impossible even parenting you know if a parent is listening you have to walk with the lord in order to be able to even raise your kids accordingly right so so this is kind of the the underlying foundation which with which we are building this conversation on is you have to have a genuine walk with god in order to accomplish this well and we talked before the podcast about how if if you're as a teenager watching a two or three year old and you're playing in the front yard and the ball rolls in the front in in, in the street and you yell at the two-year-old to don't run in the street that is restrictive that is a, there is a little fear if there's a car coming but to the kid he's like i don't understand Mm-hmm. like my balls there this makes sense this is biblical this is <laughs> this is this is this there's nothing hindering me from going but the parent knows. so i'm not saying every case but i'm saying a lot of times when you do have like what nate was saying about free free things that have happened in the past or things that that they might see that you don't see and can we admit that if that parents could see something that we don't yeah. And like you just said, my, I was joking about my dad being, you know, my way or the highway. He, he does love me and he does. And I've, and also as an adult, I've had to forgive some things. Like, so, and that's, you know, that's, that's part of the growing up. So wait, wait, wait. So what you're saying is, and Nate, please go ahead and, and, and help us here. Are you trying to say that there are limits to my freedom? Yeah, there, well, there are limits to my liberty wait, that can save your life. <laughs> hold yes. on, hold on. Nate, so it's it it's shocking. Here. It's shocking. This is this is not this is not a cradle roll teaching. This is high school. We're at high school level um, Christianity here, and um, and it's intense, guys. It, there there is this place where we can reach, and we need to realize that so much of our church um, and society does not allow for differences of opinion, and we need to re- realize that there's something. Let's t- going back to the issue of curfew. Um, it may not be a biblical issue. We may not feel like the particular instance is immoral. We may not feel like it's unwise. And yet um, our parents may arrive at a different conclusion. And what we need to do is to realize, and ideally we have humble conversations with um, our Christian brothers and sisters, including our parents. By the way, if you have a heart, like a, a parent that doesn't listen super well, you don't feel like, or is really firm. Um, I can almost guarantee that if you humbly 
start having conversations and show that you're processing your decisions like this intent intensely, like, um, you're, you're going to get some more respect from your parents. Like mm-hmm. um, if they can see that you're trying to go through an intelligent way of making decisions, like it may not happen right away. You're not going to quote unquote win every time, but it's going to grow confidence in, in the fact that you're trying to use wisdom and biblical wisdom to do stuff. So again, communication, humble communication is mm-hmm. so important. Um, so, so yeah, Pastor Kersey, when you can get to a point where you realize like, okay, man, I feel like for A, B, and C, this should be okay for me to have a longer curfew. Your parent says, well, for reasons F, that's it. I only need one. You can't do it. <laughs> when that happens, we need to do this. First of all, it's, it's awesome. Again, if you have a relationship with your parent where you can humbly just say like, hey, I'm trying to grow in my own ability to make decisions and wisdom. Would you mind sharing with me why? Mm-hmm. And just humbly listen. And the guys, I'm going to tell you, arguing at that point is not going to be helpful. Like I encourage you to just listen yeah. and um, to understand what's going on and just say, Hey, thanks for sharing that. That, that lets me know. And it maybe a, a helpful question could be like in the future, as I'm trying to make decisions, do you see a place for us having dialogue about stuff and maybe simply asking a question about that and then just being humble. Okay. And, and just, just relaxing. And I, I know that can be one of the most frustrating things about living under someone else's authority. Um, but frankly, scripture talks a lot about that too. This is, this is a difficult lesson but it's an important one because you can learn if there's things you disagree with, you're going to have a shot at, at being a, an authority over someone in the future too. And you can change things as appropriate. And it's important for you to understand what it's like um, to be under someone's authority so that you can do a good job in the future when you have authority over someone as well. So you can learn really cool lessons from your parents. So we can go beyond just saying how mature we are by demonstrating that with our actions, as we limit our abilities, like the boundaries uh, that we're going to put our freedom into is love. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is that, is that what, you're, what you're saying? Yeah, so this would be the fourth step, and I appreciate you helping us get there. The, the reality is, is this. When, you, when you've, you've done the first step, is it biblical? Uh, no, I can't, I can't tell for sure if it's strictly in the Bible, so I'll go to step number two. How, how can I make a biblically intelligent decision on this? I've come to this conclusion, but the other person's come to a different one. What do we do? Step number three is to realize that you need to respect another person's decision if it's biblically informed. Um, of course, there's going to be some situations where um, the person we're disagreeing with isn't making biblically informed decisions. And in that case, that makes it even more complicated. But oftentimes within Christian households, there's going to be principles that are being followed. So then step number four is this. It comes from scripture and it's, it, it's an interesting teaching. Uh, the apostle Paul teaches it in two different places in First Corinthians. And then um, especially it comes out in Romans 14 and 15 where he has advice. And I'm just going to read it right here. Um, he talks about the concept of how there's some things that are permissible to us, but not everything that's permissible is beneficial for us. And it's also not beneficial for other believers in our lives, because even though we may have the conviction through the power of the Holy Spirit that a particular thing is not harmful for us, that we should have freedom to, to do it or not do it in, in Christ, um, another brother or sister may not. And so the context of Romans 14 and 15 was the issue of meat that had been offered to idols. Now, no one was having an issue over whether it was okay to eat meat or not. They were all good with that. But the issue was these, these, idol, these, these pieces of meat had often been offered to sacrifices. Uh, parts of them had been burned up, but then like the leftovers would be sold, to, um, would be sold in the marketplaces. And so people were like, man, am I, am I unintentionally um, helping worship this false deity mm-hmm. by eating this stuff that has been blessed and offered. And so some people coming from different cultures in early Christianity, like it really bothered them. Like they, they did not want to associate and somehow um, 
be an accomplice in, in, in um, worshiping a false God other than God who they were sold out for. And so for them, it was really stressful. I said, I can't eat this stuff. Like I, I can't do it with a good conscience. And so it's fascinating because Paul comes in and he starts giving commentary and he'll, throughout this, this whole chapter, I encourage you guys to read it. It's fascinating. He says, look, there's nothing wrong with it. it it's not what comes uh, into someone's body that makes them impure, but what comes out of a body, meaning like what's coming out of your heart. Mm -hmm. And so he, he basically gives the full permission or whatever. He's saying, you can totally eat this stuff. That's not an issue. But what is an issue is if you're eating this stuff and doing it in an attitude around people who do have a conscience that says it's wrong and you're making them stumble and you're making them feel like they're disobeying the Holy Spirit's impressions on their heart, that's an issue and a big issue. And so what Paul does is he draws on, and I'll, I'll read this text right now. In Romans 15, he kind of culminates everything in Romans 15, one through three. And he says this, we who are strong, meaning those of us who feel like we have greater freedom in Christ, ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Meaning if someone has like a sensitive conscience, like don't disregard that and don't turn your nose up at it. Instead, we should not please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. And then he turns to the example of Christ. This is what I love about Christianity is like, we're not being asked to do something that Christ didn't model himself. And this is what he says in verse three, for even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. And so Paul goes to the example of Christ who we know lived um, for others. He lived with a heart to try to lift other people up, to not put himself up. And so this is a complicated teaching, but what Paul is saying is, look, if there's a disagreement about something that's not clearly spelled out in scripture, then what you, we need to do sometimes is if we realize that there's another person in our lives that we're disagreeing with, and it's going to weigh heavily against their conscience that they're going to feel like they're sinning if we do or don't do this thing, then as the person who has more freedom, that we would be following the example of Christ if we just backed off and said, look, I don't believe this is sinful. I believe I have freedom to do this, but I don't want to cause someone else to go against their conscience. And this is where it applies to parents. Your parents, your Christian parents, it weighs heavy on our hearts, heavy on our consciences, the decisions that we make for our kids. I mean, so are you saying, go ahead, Percio. You, no, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, are you saying that in certain situations, the, the teenager could be the stronger brother in Christ? What I'm saying is for sure that might be the conclusion that the, a teenager arrives at or any of us. What I mean, and I say that with, with, with kindness, mm -hmm. that, that happens with adults as well. To a certain degree, guys, we, we're called and held accountable for our own faith and our own convictions. And so even myself as, as an adult, if I go through this process, I'm going to arrive at something through study, through scripture, and depending on how knowledgeable I am of scripture, depending on the sources I bring into my life to give um, information, like the good friends I surround myself with, I'm going to arrive at my conviction and I'm going to feel like that conviction is what's true. Mm -hmm. And so it may not be, I mean, there, someone else might know of like a secret text or something in the Bible <laughs> that like clearly is like, nope, clearly. But uh, until I know that text, it's my conviction. Uh -huh. And this is what it's saying. It's saying it's allowing for the reality that on things that aren't clearly that we don't know about in scripture, at least um, not only for, for young people, but adults alike, um, yeah, there's this, there's this possibility that we're going to be convicted about something that it's okay to do something or it's okay not to do something, but another brother or sister in Christ, not, not just flippantly, but as looking at similar texts or things like that and arriving at a different view and that there's a call for us, no matter what age we are to realize like, man, if I'm going to make someone's conscience, conscience struggle and make them feel like they're sinning, if I do or don't engage in this, like I may want to follow Christ's example to put yeah. someone else in front of me. Yeah. 
So, so that's where the maturity is displayed, because I guess it boils down to this. If, 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 if I'm getting you, the idea is if we understand that our conviction may be potentially stronger than the other person's, then out of love for them, we're going to be selfless and not selfish and try to bulldoze somebody Mm -hmm. because our conviction is stronger because our goal is to build them up, not criticize them or tear them down or try to reframe or, or convince them that their conviction is wrong. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying. It, it places wow. us in a position where even when we are under someone's authority, they come to a different conclusion than we do. We don't have to lose all feeling of power. This mm-hmm. actually empowers us to say, look, I've intelligently come to a different conclusion but it still puts us in a place where we are able to exercise some amount of power by saying, I'm going to use my power not to argue and fight this, but instead I'm going to use my power to, in, in my mind to build someone else up who might see this differently. Now, this is specifically when we have already went through all the other steps, right? We're not telling somebody, yeah. hey, you just need yeah. to do whatever your friend says because they have, a, you know, because you love them. You know, this is, this is strictly on making decisions, you know, in building that relationship first with your parents, which is what we're focusing on, right? Being atypical families, but then secondly, with your neighbor, with your peers and your friends or or siblings or what have you. So the idea is love has to be at the the core of of this conversation, right? And again, God is love. So the foundation is still your walk with God. And then secondly, you display that and the love you have for God uh, in the way you treat other people. Mm-hmm. And part of that love is being selfless. Yeah. And I don't, want to, I don't want to give the impression that this is a drudgery either. As we bring this concept into our lives, uh, it, brings, it brings incredible joy. I was just reading, you see this all throughout scripture. I was just reading in the book of Acts about how some of the early disciples, they were even beaten for their conviction of Christ. And it says that they counted it as a joy mm-hmm. to suffer for Christ. And so again, <clears throat> we don't want to give this talk as a reason to excuse abusive behavior, either right. within a family environment or a non-family environment. That's not what we're talking about. That's, that's now dealing with not a brother or sister in Christ, but now you're dealing with an enemy. Mm-hmm. And there's different Christ-like ways to, do, uh, to deal with that. And as we've said multiple times before, uh, that involves getting help and, and getting into a place of safety. So we've said this a bunch of times, but that's, we're not talking about dealing with an enemy who is someone who's hurting you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about someone who, who loves you but just may not see things the same, the same mm-hmm. as you do. And in those situations, you have an opportunity um, to use the power and the freedom that you feel like you have um, to help uplift their faith. Exactly. So, so to pull it in together, right, and wrap it up, uh, we've been talking about being atypical. And one of the things we've said, to have an atypical family, it starts with one person being atypical. And the challenge we're giving you guys is we want you to be that atypical person. We want your family to start looking atypical because you began to behave atypically. And for okay. me, having patience and looking at scripture and having tough conversations, we talked about all that and praying for, imagine if you went to your parents and be like, hey, I'm praying for the decisions you're making about me and my siblings. And about, what? <laughs> you're praying, you know, or those type of things. But having patience and going and, and Nate, the four things, and I'm, I'm probably not going to hit them right, but making sure, knowing the difference between what's commanded in scripture and what's, and what's moral, not commanded. Yeah, and what's not commanded, and being what's wise and what's moral. And then uh, the last one is with love, knowing that, that God is ahead of us on a different journey, and God can use what your parents are saying, and God 
can use you to influence your parents as in their relationship with, with it. So if we look at it from the divine perspective, we can't 100% see it that way. But if we try to look at it from God's eyes, he wants both of you and you and your parents to grow closer to him. And how can that happen through this? It, it's, it's an amazing call for us to actually begin um, growing other people in our lives. And so really the disagreements we might have with our family and our parents are really just the beginnings of disagreements that we're going to have all throughout our lives with multiple different people in our lives. And so ideally you can learn how to process disagreements in the safety of a family that loves you. Mm -hmm. um, even if it doesn't always seem like that, um, that's I think what God's design is. And so this is, this is a, a, a powerful teaching where we're trying to uh, encourage you guys to be intentional and be selfless about it in, in the sense of, of realizing um, that you can actually help build someone else's faith. And, and just to, to reiterate, if you guys start going through these, communicating these steps with your family, um, again, you're not going to get your way all the time, but you guys are going to grow closer together as yeah. a family, yeah. which mm -hmm. is incredible. And they're going to see extra trust in like, no doubt you're going to learn a thing or two as well. Mm -hmm. And probably your parents and your other family members, or whoever you're going through this with will as also. And so all of those things say, um, you know, all that, all that said, like, uh, we just want to let you know, we're praying for you guys. Um, this is a big teaching and it's likely that you would need support kind of going through this and knowing like, how does this all work? We're here for you guys. We want to be able to, to kind of coach you guys through what this looks like. We'd be happy to talk with you and your parents, by the way, so that your parents also have the same tools in place for knowing how to handle some of this stuff. Uh, we just want to encourage you guys to, to know that you're loved, that you're cared for, and to realize um, the awesome responsibility that you guys are growing into to be able to own your actions and be able to think through it. I know we know it can be frustrating to not have full authority to make your final decisions. This is a great time to start practicing not just jumping at what you want to do, but to actually think about and have a process for evaluating what you want to do. That's right. So guys, this has been so heavy, such an awesome topic. Um, I feel like you kind of got to pray. Yeah. <laughs> Is that all right if I do that real quick? Go for it. All right. So Lord, um, there are going to be times when we're going to disagree with our earthly parents. And the reality is there are times we're going to disagree with our heavenly father, you. And I, I mean, you have shown us time and time again, just how much you love us. And you gave your life to prove it so that through you, we can have eternal life. So as Christians, those who profess to follow you and wanting to be like you, help us to be as selfless as you were. Help us to want to build those around us up even more. But most importantly, Help us to love you above all things, because when this is all said and done, love wins and love conquers all. So we thank you and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Nate, for leading us through that. Thanks, Curcio. Uh, we enjoyed that. And you guys, we're praying for you, as we said. Uh, join us uh, for Sabbath School or join us for a podcast or video next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Take, take See care. Ya. Thank you.